There are the boys in the back room. We have a guy who works in the back, Eric Jones. He's the big German. Be nice to Marvin. He'll be taking your calls today. Chat row, Tyler, the moderator, handling the duties there. A couple of weeks ago, Dylan was getting us breakfast. Now he's doing graphics on this program. You know who? Blame Mario. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, the uh, backroom guys are not allowed to eat until 12.15. You're now listening to the 12.15 Club. We're back at it again for another episode of the 1215 Club. It is Mario here on the mic, joined by Eric the Big German, who the traitor of the group, Marvin the Prince, and Dylan the Graphics Guy. We'll start there. Eric, we learned that you're a traitor this week. Uh, we thought that you were one of us here at the Dan Patrick Show. We thought that you were a ride or die. And then you admit to buying a lotto ticket behind all of our backs, planning to get rich without us. I don't think I did anything wrong. I'll be honest. Uh, I mean, so yes, we put $5 in for whoever wanted to from the group into buying tickets uh, for Mega Millions or Powerball. And I contributed every time, not only for me, but I covered for some other people as well. And that, which that money's just gone, uh, the cover money. But, um, but anyways, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, I, decided you know i said i don't know that's only two and a half chances for me personally uh to win and so i I just wanted to get more shots to win and uh i actually had suggested maybe more than five dollars per person as a buy-in just to increase our our chances but um uh, that was five dollars seemed to be the consensus which is fine but i said okay fine let me go do my own thing so let's explain exactly how this happened so we were sitting back here, uh, what was it? I don't know if it was Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, it's usually me, Eric, and Rob, the intern, uh, as the last people here at the studio. And then Dan comes back to visit. So I was talking to Eric in his, in his uh, office, and he was explaining, you know, what he would buy with this money. And he had said that he, want, he was looking at a house that was like, what, $17 million dollars? Yes, it was an estate in uh, Utah with lots of land and uh, I don't know, like a fifty thousand square foot house or something crazy. So he, so right away, so he said that, and he says this number seventeen million dollars. And the first thing I think is you're going to blow seventeen. So we had decided that, or we had come to the conclusion that it would be twenty eight million dollars if we won the lotto. We that's how the you know the piece of the pie that we'd get after taxes and everything that comes along with it. So I said, Eric. You're going to spend $18 million on a house and leave yourself with only 10. And then Eric tragically broke the news that he had bought his own ticket in which Dan came and I promptly told him Dylan. So I don't think it's an issue in theory um, because, well, it depends. So if you did win it and then didn't split any of it, I think that would be an issue. Not like, a, you know, not an even split, but, you know, throw a couple, a couple. Bu- I mean, you can give it to me and no one else. I don't really care, but <laughs> I wouldn't give you a dime, Dylan, because you would just gamble it anyways. And, and no, I wouldn't. I'm very financially savvy. He, he, he put the million that you gave him on like the Chiefs. Packers I did not commit. Yeah. To anyway. Bill, you said Bill's money line. Um, but I think because I've actually thought about this, too, because like I'll play the lottery sometimes, too, when it's a big number. It's like anyone. And I was thinking I was like, I mean, if I did win it on my own, like I'd feel not that I would have to, but a certain obligation to give, if, especially if we're doing it in con- like side by side with the group 
pool here. I'd feel like, you know, I'd, I think I would, I would spread the wealth around a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Eric. Yeah. I just think like, why though, Dylan? <laughs> like, I mean, it's not as though, like the only thing, and I talked to Seton about this. I was like, actually, before you say that, I have their, his reaction to Dan breaking this news. So let's listen to that. And then you can say what he told you. But Seton bought the tickets for the group, but the big German went rogue. And not only that, when I got home, uh, my wife was like, did you get lottery tickets? And I said, yeah, but I got them with the group. She said, yeah, but what about ours? <laughs> and I was just like, no, 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 I can't do that. Because then if I have oh. 35 tickets sitting in my pocket and then I got two winners over here, like nobody's going to mm. believe that these were the ones. I'm like, we got to just keep it all with the group or, or yeah. not. That's it, The big German has completely took the team building part of a team building thing. Yes, he did. Eric. Okay, first of all, I'm not exactly sure what team building uh, thing we're accomplishing by giving money to Seton so he can go to the store and buy tickets. Um, but it was also funny because Seton sent out, I think we did, what, three or four drawings uh, mm-hmm. the last few weeks. Yeah, and we've done only about one 20 time, Only one time did he send out a picture of the tickets, and it didn't even include all the numbers. It just included like half of the first digit or something. My whole argument would be, look, if, if I was the one tasked with collecting the money and going to buy the tickets, then I would probably take a photocopy of every ticket and have that be separate. And like, hey, here are the tickets that we bought here. And if I elected to buy some on my own, whatever. And if I was the one that was buying it for everyone, then maybe I'd be more inclined to share a little bit. But look, I think if, if you truly won the lottery, even like $10 million or something, lots of people, I mean, it's, this is not a secret. Lots of people think that, you know, now all of a sudden you are quote unquote rich and thus, you know, should help or whatever. And look, I love you guys, but if I won $500 million, like I'd help Dan for like a week or two, just cause I'd want to keep him as a friend uh, moving forward. But like, I, I don't think I'd be, any cash would be exchanging hands. Wow. That, that hurts. That hurts deep down. Dylan, what's your reaction to that? Well, first of all, it sounds like you're kind of questioning the integrity of Seton, the ticket master, because it sounds like you maybe he maybe we did win something and he's keeping it under wraps. Yeah, all of a sudden um, he's driving like, you know, a G-Wagon. He's a Tesla. I, I, I have to imagine we probably would have figured that out. But um, I know. I mean, I look, you don't have to. You can do it. It's, at that point, it's your money. But like, you know, as I'm someone who prides himself on their nobility, um, I feel like I would, you know. I would give it back a little bit. And then like, I would just be out of here. How much would you give Bill? So what is the pot tonight is what? Like 900 mil, 900 million. So after yeah. taxes says 500 at 500. So, and then what? It'd be 13 other people. I'd give everyone $5 million. How do you think my question is this, right? Just in case <laughs> you can hold you. If I win it, you can hold me to that. Um, and then, you know, you can hold it over their head for the rest of their lives, too. How do you think Dan would react to, like, so one of us individually winning the lottery? And, I mean, he, he said even if he won the lottery that he'd still do the show. Most of everybody here has said that they would go on their way and do their own thing if they want a large lump sum. How do you think he would react to that? Eric. I actually said it to Todd because uh, on whatever day it was this week we were doing this, um, 
he had like two dollars and thirty five cents or something in his wallet, which I'm not exactly sure which grown man carries coins in their wallet. But anyways, <laughs> yeah, that's what he had on him. Like actually in his wallet? Yes. Like that that grown man does. Yes. <laughs> he had coins in there. And uh that's the most Todd Fritz thing I've ever heard. <laughs> so um First of all, I said to him, I said, Todd, I'll spot you the five bucks if you promise to get your car washed today. And Paul was like, yeah, yeah, me too. And uh, and Todd said no. So, which is just still a complete aside, but also just bizarre. But How do, how do you think Dan would react to uh, Thank you. us leaving? From there. Sorry, I was like, what the fuck is the question? <laughs> but that being said, I, so I, Todd was like, no, I'm not going to take the, the $5 for the car wash, which still, again, boggles my mind. But um, I said, well, Todd, I think it would just be you and Dan left and the rest of us would be out. And uh, all the Dan's were laughing at that. Yeah, I mean... I think it's not because I don't like my job. I think my job is great, right? Like who could complain about what we do for a living? But Mm -hmm. if I truly won even 27 million or whatever the number is enough to not have to go to work and sentence, then I would choose to spend my time doing other things, which is not again, a reflection on this job, but that's for me personally, how Dan would react. I think like myself, I would want to stay here for a couple of weeks anyways, because it's going to take a little while to get your frame of mind. Your stuff going, yeah. And I wouldn't want to completely jam Dan up. Like, honestly, Dan's a friend for me. And like, especially if I can buy great cigars and wine and tequila and hang out with him every once in a while, I wouldn't want to lose that over a week or two of, of still doing the job here. So um, I think most people would try to help him put together a new crew to keep his show going. Yeah, I'm gonna go on the record and say I said it when we were. Uh, you said you were gonna keep your job, and I was like, I, I said like I would forever. Keep my job. No, I didn't say forever. Yes, you I did. Said, I said for like a year, I'd probably stay here because I'd get bored. I'd get bored. Absolutely I'd not. Get, after after a while, just traveling and doing that same old charade. Are you get kidding boring. me? <laughs> that's <laughs> I don't people, believe that's you. why people live like their life to do that. Anyone, you especially Mario, who said other than Dan, who's like after a month. I would still be here is just literally lying. I'm just, I guess it just speaks to my loyalty or two weeks. I think everyone would stick around to like transition things or do whatever out of, you know, can you imagine though, Dylan, like when like the poor people that come in and you're like sitting there with whatever, $30 million in your bank account, everyone in here has $30 million or bank account. You're like, yeah. So anyway, so what you're going to want to do is make graphic in Photoshop and then move it over on the USB drive. Like, yeah. Oh, oh, I've got a manicure. I got to go to, <laughs> you can take the reins from here. I got to pick up my G wagon from here, but for now we haven't won the lotto. Hopefully we do sometime in the future. And these conversations become a reality. Can everybody attest? Everybody. Yeah. Hey, yeah, I think we're due at this point. I'm not a mathematician, but odds wise, I think they're in our favor now. That comment alone makes you a degenerate. Darn tootin'. <laughs> Eventually double zero comes around too. <clears throat> Another situation we had this week was uh, Marv, you were a big part of this with, well, first of all, Chris Berman called in and uh, Berman was talking about his fandom for the Buffalo Bills, which provoked everybody, including this guy, to call in and say this. Derek in Virginia joins us. Hey, Derek, what's on your mind today? Hey, DP. Hey, bud. Hey, you were kind enough to have me on again uh, a month or two ago, and I unprompted gave my story about how I became a Bills fan. 
And your response was that you didn't think anyone in the audience was interested about looking for info about how Derek became a Bills fan. But then you just asked Chris Berman how he became a Bills fan, and you got 10 minutes of solid content. You're killing me, Smalls. Go Bills. Derek, Chris Berman is just a little more popular than you. So I hear that phone call, and I'm like, Derek, dude, you got to read the room. Obviously, we care more about Chris Berman. No offense to you, Derek, but we care more about Chris Berman and his backstory than Derek. I'm sure you're a nice guy, and thank you for all your support. But come on, Derek, just read the room a little bit. Marvin, when he calls in, what is he saying, or or what are you thinking putting that call through um, to Dan? I'm thinking... Oh, this is so good because I remember him calling before and like Dan doesn't want to hear about how you became a Buffalo Bills fan. Exactly. Get out of here. And so when he called back, I was like, oh, this is perfect because there's always those calls, whether they're like really poignant and have a you know great point and all that, or they're just stupid and they're going to kill him. I'm putting it on because I knew that could possibly turn into something and it did everyone's bland stories about how they became a fan of the Oakland Raiders like oh I went to a game once okay great but it was it was great it turned into something so I was happy about it yeah Rich Gannon was my uh teacher's uncle growing up so I became an Oakland Raiders fan um Marv when you when so then when that cop that topic comes up are you only looking for calls on that topic or somebody, um, you know, saying to you only give us calls on this topic? How does that go? No, usually I just, uh, we weren't talking about that specific topic anymore, but Mm -hmm. people were still calling in. Mm -hmm. And so any story that I found to be funny, because none of them were really interesting, but I was like, Oh, this is bland and funny. I should, I said, I'm sure they'll get a kick out of this. And so I'll take that. Or if they're talking about Patrick Mahomes injury, mm-hmm. then I'll take a call about that also. And so I'll just have different callers about different topics. And usually when you call about a specific topic, which Dan is talking about at the moment, he's more likely to take you right there, yeah. take that call right there. And then those other calls about how you became fans of your favorite team, you know, you could have that throughout the show and mm-hmm. just have, you know, have some laughs. Uh, Eric. That all being said, <clears throat> my thought was about like, I don't think this is something other shows could steal from us, you know, because like you have to understand the, the dynamics joke and the dynamic and like the fact that we're not laughing at you. We're laughing with you. And like, I think, I don't know if all of the callers were in on the joke or not, but I think many <laughs> of them were. And there even was a callback in today's show uh, with the, I think it was a guy talking about the Braves or something, but, um, but yeah, so you kind of have to be, but like, if you just stumbled on the show for the first time and Dan started taking calls and would just make fun of his callers, like, you may be like, he's rude. He's a jerk. So <laughs> I think you have to be, at least watch for a little while to understand the con- the uh, context there. My favorite call from yesterday had to be when um, the lady from Louisiana called in and she wanted to talk about something completely different to this topic that we were discussing. And Dan goes, how did you become a Bills fan? She was so offended by that. She was, Dan, I'm a Saints fan. It, it just, again, that talks to just what kind of show we are and just, you got to kind of understand 
the joke is not at you, but with you, Dylan. Um, yeah, well, no, she was like, she like wanted to talk about the Phillies or something, and Dan's it was like, so how do you become a Bills right? fan? Um, <laughs> and then that one I think just threw her off a little. But I think it's like it's kind of a mix of like, I mean, it's more laughing with you, but there's a little bit like I think there's a little bit of the edge too, which is like why I I personally like it because it is like a little more off the cuff than what you get elsewhere because you're a mean person exactly <laughs> marv you also had a situation this week and it was funny because this was more so happening behind the scenes but it also played a, a little bit on air where you had a caller that went definitely more than a minute probably touching two minutes and i i um got on the comm system and i said marv you're gonna get a uh, i am any second now and what 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 you did end up getting an IM? Who did you get it from, and what did, what did it say? I got it from Paul, maybe thirty seconds after you said what you said, and so the IM just said, you know, let's just tighten up the calls because you know this is a former call screener. Mm-hmm. You say, oh, you know, make it short, you know, or tighten up, but I couldn't be that upset because this guy was saying something that was pretty serious. Yeah, you know, he just wasn't babbling just for the sake of it. Yeah, so. I didn't really worry about it because it's not like the guy that was on with us was just babbling about nothing. He was babbling about, you know, not babbling, but he was talking about something that was really serious. Mm-hmm. So, but yes, you, you know how it is when oh, a this call's going a little bit too long and you get that, let's tighten it up, which I can completely understand because look, we don't have two minutes, but from the caller standpoint, if you've been waiting for 45 minutes, they really don't know. We're giving you about 30 seconds, maybe 45 seconds to say what you're going to say. And so, you know, it just comes with the territory, but you know, it was all good. And 45 seconds. That's a lot. Like you got to really be killing it. Oh, for sure. If you're getting 45 seconds and you got to kill it. Like if Dan asks you a follow-up question, that means you're really on to something. You're on fire for sure. And I mean, that's what they tell us that, you know, Paul, the producer, always says, keep it tight. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and you always, we always say that you always say that when you're screening the call. But everybody kind of get I seen a lot of people get nervous when they get on air with Dan Patrick. And at that point, they kind of just ramble on if they haven't done it. You know, they're not experienced like someone in um, Jeff in Detroit or um, Mario in Connecticut, me, me in Connecticut. Yep. So. You got to be you got to learn you know, from the veteran callers. Just keep it short. Get to your point and then let Dan and the guys react. Um, we had a couple good guests this week, at least I thought. Um, and one of the things that's, that's been standing out, especially in this during the pandemic, is we started doing Zoom calls with, with these guests. Um, and Eric, you've kind of you've taken the, the lead on this stuff, but one of the guests that stood out to me this week was Josh Norman because Josh Norman was doing his interview from outside uh, the, the bill's facility. When you see so, uh, somebody call in or a guest call in from like a weird spot or they're they're they don't have the proper lighting or their camera looks bad. What's your reaction to that? And how do you solve that? Well, it's, it's interesting because I'm still directing the show and on the mm-hmm. TV side, we only have two minute commercial breaks and a lot of the guests are in the second segment and there's typically a live read before it. So I only have a minute where, cause Alan is the only one who can talk to the guests um, just because I 
can't talk to the guests in direct. So Alan has that whole commercial break to deal with them. So um, I, a lot of times I only have a minute to talk to Alan, talk to the guests about it. Um, it's a little bit sometimes like trying to help your um, grandparents with FaceTime. Uh, if, uh, you know, if anyone is of that age or just trying to help someone who's a little bit technically uh, not as advanced and it doesn't, they don't have to be older. It's just some of, you know, it's, it's getting, as we go through this pandemic and more and more people are doing the shows from home, it's starting to get a little bit better to be honest. But um you know, it's just like sometimes, you know, like someone's sitting in front of a window. I'm like, okay, well, just so you know, we can't see your face because we see out your window um, or whatever. But with Josh Norman, it was, um, he, he looked fine. He wasn't the strongest connection, which is always troublesome because, um, you know, fundamentally it's a radio show first. And so um, I don't want the audio quality to suffer because we're trying to get a video uh, signal on air. But um but Josh Norman, he started in his truck and then he went outside. Um, and the other thing that I was thinking about from an audio perspective was like, so you hear like cars driving by and whatever. And if you're in your car, you're like, wait, what's happening? And I was like, <laughs> imagine like a fire truck goes by and all of a sudden everyone's looking in the rear view mirror wondering if it's around or not. But um, yeah, so it's, it's, and the other thing is like, you know, I came from a more traditional broadcaster when I started working on the show and like the, some of the things that we let slide now in terms of audio, video quality, lighting, that kind of thing would never would have passed the sniff test before COVID. And now it's, um, you know, people kind of accept it for what it is. So I don't lose any sleep over it. Yeah. And I mean, like to your point earlier, uh, it seems like a lot of the guests are, starting to get the hang of it though but like somebody like uh chris weber who we had on this week as well who did the interview via zoom where he had that ring light and he had the lighting uh, but that got you nervous at first because when he first came on the ring the the light was like what on his wall and it wasn't on his face and you i heard you on the comm saying can somebody tell him to put the the light on his face well yeah so he had he actually ended up having two lights but like in the shot was a light facing the wall and I was like, I think he would look better if that was on his face instead of on his wall. Um, but he did he did move it uh, unprovoked from us. Marv, that interview with Chris Weber uh, resonated with you this this week. Why? I just think Chris Weber always has great stories. He's just one of my favorite guests. Maybe like him and Nick Wright. Every time mm -hmm. I see their names on the guest list, I'm like, all right, I know this is going to be a good interview. They're going to tell great stories or just say something really interesting that I never thought of. So Chris Weber's one of my favorites, Nick Wright, Johnny Bench. Like we had him on uh, yep. today for a somber topic, but he's great. And so those guys that you see on there, you know, it's always, it's always good to have Chris Weber on because Dan can say, give me a story about the 1997 all-star game. And Chris Weber has one that's good. So he's just always one of my, uh, one of my favorites. Yeah. The thing that amazes me about him is, you know, we've had him on so many times and every time he, he seems to have a new story about something. Um, one of my favorite ones is the one where he had gotten off or he was with his teammates with the wizards and they had gotten off the bus and it was um, Jordan just sitting there. He said, looking like Samuel Jackson sitting on his, on his car. And and then they were like, who's gonna who's gonna guard him tonight? And it was like, oh, Calvert Cheney. 
to, I mean, like I said, Chris Webber, anytime he comes on, it's always fun. And to your point again, anytime you see those guests on the rundown that Todd sends out, and it's like that stands out. Well, that happened last night for me, and I didn't really understand at first because Todd, he kind of went frantic with the emails when he had booked a tag team. The whoop, there it is. I don't know if you guys were on it. I know me and Marv had gotten a couple. Let's see if I can pull up one. There was one that he wrote that I was like, what is he talking about? Let's please make sure we have tag team scoop. There it is. Geico commercial queued up slash chakalaka chakalaka sprinkles. And I'm reading this. I had no idea. There was no context to this at all. And I'm reading is like. Q chakalata sprinkles. It didn't really ring to me at that moment that we were going to have that group on. Um, did you guys get any emails from Todd last night? Kind of being frantic and being Todd Dylan. Naturally. Yeah. I mean, um, it was, well, at first it was like, I think he resent the same like guest list thing three different times with three different spelling corrections in it. Um, so that one, <laughs> that one gave me a good chuckle too, but I was thinking too, when I saw that, I was like, I think it's the first time I've had to make graphics for two guests interviewing him at the same time mm-hmm. so i was like sitting there and because i'm a little slow i was thinking for like 20 minutes i was like i don't know what the right way to do this is so i actually kind of waited for eric to get in to be like what's the uh procedure here but yeah of course todd was like i mean todd, you could tell this morning todd was just like excited he was amped up this is right in his wheelhouse like the guy said 80s he probably doesn't know much uh, much music after that timeline. His memory shuts off after 97, I think. <laughs> uh, Eric. Yeah, there was like a suddenly at, I don't know, 545 last night, a flurry of emails from Todd. Um, and he included me. And I was trying to figure out if it made sense to have two separate Zooms going like we did when the Danettes were remote and then had a separate guest one. Because if they were in the same Zoom, then I wouldn't be able to put them uh, on the screen like i would never be able to go full to one of them mm-hmm. and um so then there was like a bunch of emails about how we would accomplish that technically and to make sure that there would be no delay and all that stuff um and then of course after the interview today then like and marv i don't know how this happened but suddenly there was like the entire cast was on but we didn't know that that was happening and so i was like okay and they're on phoners and they like kept throwing to each other without dan talking and it was like it was three minutes of chaos and i was like i was like i want to put a graphic i want to do something and then the guys uh from tag team were still on zoom so they were talking but we didn't have them track because dan already said goodbye to them and it was just chaos so i don't know how that happened marv marv all right so this is courtesy of the it chef himself alan guzzy so alan knew somebody that worked at one of the other radio stations that knew the actress who plays the mother on the Geico commercial with tag team. And so he had her call in and she had the woman that plays her daughter call in also. Did you tell the guys that or it was that like a surprise? I told Paulie about it. And so he was like, all right, cool. And so he's like, all right, we'll have him right after we do the interview with tag team. And so that's just kind of how it uh, worked out. But they, that just came to my surprise. Alan sent me, you know, a message saying, you know, this woman named Nikki is going to call in. She was the actress 
in the tag team commercial that plays the mother. And so that's yeah, how that, Alan, all, that's how that said, all happened. When he sent that this morning, I thought I read it wrong completely. I thought he was saying that somebody from their music video when they originally did it in the 90s was going to call in. Cinnamon. Like, we don't need to see cinnamon right now. <laughs> no magic. Eh, I don't know. Family well, show. Family show. I, you know, Tickles. Tickles, she, she might still be out there. <laughs> uh, but they were fun. Tag team was fun. They had a, um, I mean, that song, again, resonates till this day, even with my age range. I think that song came out in 93. I was born in 93, um, and I still knew the song. So, Dill, you got the last word on this topic. Um, well, you knew the song in 93. No, I knew this song now, you bozo. Um, what I was going to say, though, is uh, I think uh, DC's uh, Zoom background, I don't know for anyone who watched, saw it, but it looked like it was like out of like the movie Saw or something. It was like someone like it was like clearly one of like the virtual backgrounds, but it looked yeah. like a like dilapidated hallway. I was oh, I, I don't know where, where he pulled that from, but I thought oh, it, I, I thought it was pretty cool. I didn't know it was. Uh... One of those Zoom virtual ones. Thanks for clearing that up for us. You're welcome, Mario. <laughs> the last thing uh, that I wanted to get to today was uh, we had the, obviously, this, the sad passing of Hank Aaron, and Marvin alluded to it uh, earlier in the podcast. Um, and I don't know we, if we can add much more to that, uh, much more to what Dan has said about it. Um, but one of the oldest things that I enjoy on this show is kind of dealing as sad as it is, is kind of dealing in that fast pace where we have to get things prepared uh, quick. So when we got the, the, the news of the passing of Hank Aaron, uh, right away, Paul was messaging us to get that interview ready. Dylan, you had to make a bunch of graphics and pull a bunch of stuff. Um, and it kind of just talks to, I guess, the, the fast moving pace of working on a live show. Uh, when things are happening, Dylan or Eric, I don't know if you have anything else that you can add to that, but I always find that it's always kind of like an, an adrenaline rush for me. It, Dylan, I don't know if you have anything more to add to that, but. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely a bit of a mad dash. Um, and then, you know, making stuff and pulling images for Hank Aaron. And like, you obviously know, cause I know him and him and Dan have sort of a, a closer relationship than, some other people and Dan obviously holds him in high regard, like, like any, any baseball fan, I think, but even, you know, a little deeper than that. Um, so obviously there's gonna, it's not just, you know, another celebrity passing. Um, so, you know, it's going to be probably take up the rest of the show, but then you're pulling stuff for Hank Aaron. And then obviously, you know, then the guys are trying to add a guest like Johnny bench, who's going to come on and talk about it. So then there's, you know, making stuff for that as well. So it is a bit of a scramble, but it's uh, I think it all today, you know, it all sort of ended up working out and uh, it's once it's done, you know, you can sort of sit back and breathe a little again. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, Especially with somebody like Hank Aaron, who we just had on not even a year ago on his anniversary of the 715th home run. So me, from my perspective, when I see that news, the first thing I'm doing is going to that interviewing and see if we have anything that we can bring back. Or sometimes, like we did today, they'll just play the entire interview, um, which was I thought was, you know, awesome. Um, Marv, you got anything to add on that? Yeah, to piggyback off of what Dylan was saying, it's definitely a mad dash. And to your point, it's definitely an adrenaline rush to try to get everything 
you know, squared away. So everything runs smooth. And because the last thing you want is for mistakes to be made with such an important topic mm-hmm. and losing an icon like Hank Aaron. So kudos to everybody who came through and, you know, we made it, you know, a pretty smooth transition from, you know, just a regular Friday previewing championship Sunday to talking about losing Hank Aaron. So it was a good day work-wise as far as, you know, getting everything done. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'll leave it on that topic. Uh, rest in peace, Hank Aaron. Uh, that's all we got this week for Mario, the trader that is Eric, the big German, Dylan, the graphics guy, and Marvin, the prince. We will catch you guys next week. Make sure to like and subscribe to the podcast if you haven't. If you want to leave comments, we're always looking at those too. See you guys next week. Peace.